Welcome to Reality Tea Times 2, the podcast where we discuss all the trash reality TV we love to hate. I'm Tanika, and today we're going to be discussing Married at First Sight. So me, tad long of an episode because we actually we went back to the hour and a half, but there was quite a bit of information for Emily and Brendan, especially. So, but um. But we don't have anything to do on top of the episode. We're just going to jump right in to Married at First Sight, Season 17, Episode 12, Something's Fishy. Okay, that's why it sounds real sorry. I had a little bit of a brain fart because I literally watched a forensic file that has a similar title to this, and I'm like... Feel like I've heard this before. Let's get to it. So we start with Emily and Brennan first. Let's get into it. So she um she kind of says to us in the beginning that usually with Brennan, even if she's sleeping, he will still come in, say goodbye to her, whatever. This day he didn't. So this is the day after the the dinner. This day he didn't. So she texted him to find out like when he's going to be coming home. And um, he says that, you know, he's big mad about the, you know, her being crazy at the, uh, the dinner. And I'm just like, so, you, okay. Um, honestly, I don't give a shit. You're over here calling her crazy. You're making her crazy. You're... <laughs> you're the one that's doing it. He's a fucking, he's a narcissist, honest to God, because you're blaming her for the reason you're mad, yet you're the reason she's mad. Like, I don't understand. Anyway, she can tell that he's putting up a wall Honey, he's had a wall up this entire time. And if you think he is just now putting up a wall, then you're not you're not observing what's going on here. She feels like her feelings aren't being validated. No, they're they're not. They have never been validated since you came back to Denver. So yeah. <laughs> The thing with her is, like, obviously, I don't like him. I want her to realize that, though, because it's like, you have in front of you this man who isn't fucking trying, and yet you make excuses for him when you are able to get past the the, the, the mad that you feel. It's ridiculous to me. Enough with giving him excuses. Enough with justifying his actions. Enough. Because it's to me, watching her, I hate to say it, but she looks dumb. I understand that you are in this marriage and you want this to work, but you look dumb. This is a man who has made it very fucking clear in his words, his actions, that he doesn't want you. He isn't interested in you. He isn't fucking trying. And yet, you make excuses and you justify. You look dumb. Don't let this man make you look dumb. But that is what he's doing. He's playing you for a fool and you're letting him. It's ridiculous. She says like she doesn't like how he talks to her and all this. And yeah, anyway, so here we have a little bit of reason coming in, but still don't know how far this is going to go, how much this is really going to help. So Emily's friend Lily is here. Um, she explains, you know, to, to Lily that Brennan questioned her about why she needs to talk to Lily. So, wait, is she not allowed to have friends? Is she not allowed to talk to people? Because, sir, you don't fucking talk to her. You don't listen to the experts. You don't do shit. But piss and moan when something doesn't go your fucking way, like a little bitch. So, who is she supposed to talk to? 
nobody but the fucking wall because that's what the fuck you are. Like, I just, ugh, I didn't like that at all. But, um, so she fills Lily in on what's been going on, um, and kind of what happened at the dinner. She feels that he is better than this. You're giving him a lot more credit than I think he deserves. I don't think he's better than this. He's pretty much said that he's run away from situations, and in a different situation, he would have run away from this. He isn't better than this. This is it. This is who he is. Um, but she says, like, he's just not, you know, showing effort. No, he's not. He he pretty much said he wouldn't. <laughs> so she says she feels stupid. I, I hate to agree with her, but like I just said a minute ago, she looks dumb by continually, continuously making excuses for him when this has been going on for weeks, for the for the better part of their marriage. They went on a honeymoon for a week, they came back, and it all started. So for the past, uh, I think they're... So like for the past like three weeks, this is what's been. She f- doesn't understand how he couldn't see she was upset because everyone else could see she was upset, but he couldn't because he doesn't care to know you, to understand you. He doesn't care. He doesn't care. And the thing that also I thought about after the fact last week when he said, I don't want her walking away from me. It has nothing to do with her, but everything to do with him. It will look bad on him if she's walking away from him. It's all it's about. Everything is about him. Nothing to do with her. He doesn't give a shit about her. Um, but now he wants space, guys. He needs space. You know, in in the words of Nick Jonas, why do you need space? You just need to be close. You know, like, space is the death of all things. But again, there's nothing but death in this relationship, but space is the death of all things. Just say exactly what you, you don't want to be with her. Just say it. Stop fucking with her. Anyway. And fuck, he needs space. He needs space. He's he needs it. Okay, let's move on. So he basically wants to wants a reset, basically, and focus on them being friends, and you know, take the marriage kind of stuff off of the table. So we do see, um, like a. A clip of this. It wasn't the camera crew who recorded this. It's like the hidden camera type stuff that recorded that. So, um, so Lily asks, like, why do you want to do the reset, honey? You're asking the wrong question. You should have asked. I like the question, but I'm going to tweak it a bit. What you should have asked is, okay, so he wants the reset. Do you want the reset? Really and truly. Do you want it? And honestly, the answer from her should be no. She doesn't want to do the fucking reset. But instead, she makes the excuses because that's where we live at this point with, with her. So she says she feels like he is trying. No, he's not. What are, what are, okay, what is happening off camera that we're not seeing? Because everything I'm seeing on camera is that he's not fucking trying. And for him, the whole thing is he needs to look good on camera. So if this is his idea of looking good on camera, then I can't imagine anything off camera is any better. You know what I mean? Like, I just... Mm. Anyways. Um, but Lily then asks, but why keep trying? Thank you. That's a great question. 
I don't give a shit if he so chooses to keep trying, but you can put a stop to all of that if you say, I'm done trying. I don't want to try anymore because you're wasting my time and yours at this point. Emily doesn't really have much of an answer. She kind of dances around it. I'm like, no, answer her fucking question. Why are you so insistent on this man who was a stranger a month ago? Dictate what your life could potentially look like when he's not even trying. It kind of suggests to her, what about taking a step back? Because you are very much in this and you're not seeing what's kind of happening. You take a step back from all of it and you can have a better picture as to what is happening right now. And that is great advice. Perfect advice. And I do think we see her start utilizing it a little bit at the end. Um, But I still have my doubts at this point when it comes to her ability to say enough is enough. But let's continue. So they are having um, a session with Dr. Pepper. And as right off the bat, I just want to say, um, later, a little later when they were after the session, he's like, I like that session with Dr. Pepper. I think that's something like we can actually take and actually do. So he's basically trying to say everything Dr. Pia is saying is bullshit and I'm not going to do it. Dr. Pia sucks basically, which I mean, Dr. Pia isn't great, but like <laughs> you're basically picking and choosing the things that you are going to listen to. And that is not great when they're trying to help you through a marriage with with a stranger. Why the fuck did you come on this? Why did you come on this? I really want to know, why did you come on this? Because I don't think you really wanted to be someone's husband and what that entails. Anyways, let's go back to the session though. He says that we have tried everything. And again, Emily's face when he says this is like, the fuck you say? What have you tried? You haven't tried anything. Anything that's adjusted to you, you either don't do it or need to tweak it because you don't feel comfortable. You don't tell her the reasons why you don't want to try, really try, because it'll make you look bad on camera. You're not trying everything. You're a bullshitter. And she knows it. Dr. Pepper, we all know it. You realize that they know what happens, right? You fucker. Are you dumb? He's dumb. Um, you know, they're saying, you know, maybe we need to try like a reset and they explain the whole reset situation. So for him, a reset is, you know, starting from the beginning, kind of basically like, hi, I'm Brennan kind of situation, which is not what you said. It's not what you said. You said you want to kind of take the marriage off the table. What you just kind of described here can be a good thing if done correctly. And that's not how I think you, you know, I don't know. So, you know, he has boundaries and, you know, just respecting people's feelings and stuff, which don't get me started. But anyways, so he says, so let's take the pressure off. Let's focus on the friendship. Emily looks very frustrated at this point, um, but says, that the reset could be what they need to get where they need to be. And I said, no, no, it's, it's not, it's not what is needed to get you anywhere because nothing you do is going to get you anywhere. She's like, Dr. Pepper is kind of like, okay, well, there are two different kinds of friends, right? There are the friends that you kind of see on the street sometimes and you say, hi, and like, whatever. And, but like, you're not like close with that person. So for, you know, example, maybe someone you went to high school who you may have had some sort of friendship with, but you're no longer really like that close with. Um, and you just see them on the street and you say, hi, kind of situation. Literally just had that happen to me the other day. (laughs) But then you have the other kind of friend that is close to you, who knows you, who knows everything that's happening in your life, and they're invested in your life, invested in your happiness. So what kind of friend are you? 
going to be? You're going to be a close friend or you're going to be basically like an acquaintance. And Brennan says, we, well, we are trying to, uh, to figure this out. That's not the answer to the question. He doesn't care about her. I'm sorry. He just doesn't. Sure. Maybe if she were to like hurt herself, like, you know, he'll be, he'll check in on her kind of situation. He's not going to be a Claire with to Cameron. That's what I'm trying to get at. Claire is over here crying, thinking she did something wrong and wants, you know, to be this huge support for him. Even though they're not together. He's not a Claire. He's not. He doesn't care. We'll get to that in a minute. <laughs> so, um, Dr. Pepper asks, like, what are five things that you like about the other? So first, Brennan is the one who answers the question. And guys, I kid you not, we're literally watching the screen and he's just like, one, two, three, just like a good, like five second pause, nothing coming out of his fucking mouth. And then eventually he starts to say, caring, um, someone you know, that's like, he can have like fun with and have fun together. And, you know, he appreciates that or some shit. That's basically what he says. Like he doesn't say anything. And it takes him so long to get that out. You can't say something like, you know, she's hardworking. You guys connect on the fact that you're both hard workers in your jobs you can say something even that, that's a start. But her list seems to be a lot easier for her to say, because she says with quick, like just quickness, caring, loyal, funny, trustworthy, and another thing that I can't read. Anyway, um, so Dr. Pepper basically says, I like her list better. And he, I kid you not, literally rolled his eyes. <sighs> if someone rolls their eyes at you, that guy has no respect for you and no respect for the situation. If my, my man has never rolled his eyes at me, but if it ever got to a point where he did, I would slap his eyes back in place. I'm like, I just wasn't sure. I just wasn't sure. I, I wasn't sure. Like if your eyes were just going all over the fucking place. It's disrespectful. It's disrespectful. In, in moments like this, like if you're rolling your eyes, like to be funnier or funny situations or whatever, that's one thing. But doing it in a serious situation like this, so rude and disrespectful. Fuck this guy. Anyways. So of course, um, he feels like an emotional connection to her. <laughs> no, you don't. Um, Dr. Pepper wants them to learn things about each other. So maybe the best way to do so is to do a fishbowl of questions that they can ask each other or, you know, whatever. And she's like, share a lot, be vulnerable with, with each other. It's the best way you're going to learn about each other. <laughs> right. So Emily, so after they go back up, back to the apartment and Emily thinks it went well, of course he, I said this already, he felt great about it. He liked it. It's great. Um, he thought she was sweet and helpful. That is a fucking dick at, at Dr. Pia. Um, and yeah, he said he likes his house, like I mentioned already. But she says, you know, in order for things to work, he needs to be vulnerable and actually do this with him or do this with her. He's not going to be. And we'll see that in just a minute. So he is not giving up, even though he wanted the reset. I don't believe that for a second. I think he wants to give up and I think he wants her to do it, not him. Because again, it's all about his image on camera. If he's the one that breaks up with her, he doesn't look good. But if she does, 
he doesn't look good or she, or he'll look better, I guess. Um, anyways, we're doing the fishbowl. They're in the hot tub. There is a reason I'm going to say that obviously for those who watched. So number one, the first question, sorry, okay, my boundaries are, that is a question. Um, and Brandon says, I just need a lot of space. That is his, that is his, uh, his boundary. We've made that clear. Next question. The hardest thing I had to forgive. She says her dad, and she goes into this explanation because, you know, you don't just say your dad and leave it at that. You explain. That's how you learn about somebody. And she goes on to say that she's had resentment towards him. Um, he has kind of made decisions for her, maybe for the family at times. Um, kind of like the relationship just got out too hard for her to deal with. Um, and she had to deal with all of this in therapy. Like this was clearly a very serious thing that she had to kind of go through instead of asking her questions to maybe elaborate on that or, um, like, I don't want to say him putting his experience into this is the wrong thing to do, but it's about timing. You could have asked her something more or even acknowledge what she has just said to you. And what I mean by that is saying something like, I'm so sorry that happened to you. I, you know, maybe that can give you a, a look it's maybe why she has chosen to not be in a relationship until now. Maybe she doesn't have trust in men. That is, you know, something. Like, I may always even say that, but you could say something that's like, I'm sorry that happened to you. This kind of gives me a little more insight as to, you could say it in a nice way and say, this gives me a little, a little more insight as to maybe why you weren't in a relationship before this. You know? Um, if that is it, and then you can kind of go into your own experience instead though, he doesn't do any of that. He just jumps right into his own experience and you can tell it rubbed her the wrong way, but he says, um, he would get frustrated with his parents. Listen to this, not doing things in the way he kind of wanted them to. So I guess like, yeah, I think his parents split up, but he would kind of talk about, um, I guess his parents, like, you know, you guys aren't doing things the right way. You're not handling things the right way, you know, in, in whatever, um, you know, you should do things like this way. Like you have a fucking say in how your parents' relationship kind of is dealt with. You don't have a fucking leg to stand on. And this is what he says. Now that's insight into him. You need to have control in all things. And the fact that you can't have control in something like your parents' marriage frustrated you. <laughs> I just I can't. She's um, kind of taken aback by all of this. And she's like, okay, <laughs> next question. Um, name one thing you had to give up. Um, for a difficult reason. He said that he gave up a relationship with his sister. He said it was hard because he loves her, but he says that he needs to focus on his own happiness. Okay, so I bought a little bit of elaboration because this makes you sound like a jerk. What happened? Did your sister do something? Is she just like you? <laughs> And you all just clash? Like, what's the issue here? What happened? And he doesn't elaborate on that. Instead, like I just said, it makes him sound like a fucking jerk. And I need to focus on my happiness. You're doing the same thing to Emily. Very like, you need to focus on your own happiness, like, you know? Except that she's your wife. We're supposed to be. You know? Um, and again, she's kind of like, give me more. And he's not, she's getting frustrated and he can kind of clearly tell she's getting frustrated. But next question, tell me something you had to uh, give up 
on and tell me the story. Like, tell me what, like what happened there. And he says, can we not maybe do that question? Just like every other fucking thing that he has done up until this point, he has always kind of, you know, so he, um, she's trying to get him to answer, but he doesn't have an answer, um, for this question. She says that she wanted to be Britney Spears, <laughs> but she's like, obviously I couldn't be Britney Spears. So she's like, I, I wish that he went into broadcasting. She kind of wish he didn't give up her dream in doing that. Um, obviously I don't think she's a broadcaster, but so she's like, I wish I didn't give up my dream in being in broadcasting. And it is just as simple as that. And he couldn't even do that. Like it was nothing overly personal. It was just something. And I feel like she chose that on purpose to kind of say, it doesn't have to be that fucking deep dude. It could be somewhat surface level. At least I'm still learning about you. Anyway. Um, next question. Something I never told you about. Like I never told you. Okay. Can't quite read my handwriting for the next question, but it doesn't even matter because he doesn't answer the question. He says, nope, next, nope. And basically, that's kind of what ends up happening. He's like, nope. He goes to the next one. It's a nope. And, and she then asks him at this point, why is this so hard? And he gets such attitude back with her. He's like, why is it so hard? And what she's asking is, why is this so hard for you? to open up to her. Because if this is so hard for you, then maybe y'all shouldn't be doing it. <laughs> you know? Um, so he takes it just a step further further, and just has to dig it in. And he says, well, you might be able to, you know, rattle off things about you, but like, I can't do that. It's hard. You're, 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 you're a baby. That's what the issue is here. He's like, putting it on camera doesn't do any good. I only want to show the good. All you care about is your fucking image. Guess what, guy? Once the show is over and the season is done, you'll be forgotten. We don't give a shit about you. You, well, maybe not fully forgotten. You'll go down in history as being one of the biggest jerks on the show. Hell, I have more respect for, I'm a nice person, Jack, because at least she gave up in the beginning. You, sir, <laughs> should have done the same thing. So, anyways, we are almost done with this, so. Next question. What worries you the most at the moment? And she says, this reset and your plan potentially backfiring. And then, like, basically hitting each other. So let's stop while we're ahead, then, I guess. <laughs> and he basically just says, yeah, same, but it's your fucking idea. Shouldn't you make sure it's fucking a foolproof one? You know what I mean? He is, um, tapped out now. He's tapped out when it comes to the hot tub, because he's like, I'm gonna pass out and all of this. And, um, she says you were in here for two hours the other night, you'll survive. <laughs> and he takes such offense to that too. I mean, there's a way to do, if you're feeling too much, then just get the, to do what they end up doing, just get out the hot tub and just sit there and talk. Like, um, so they're still coming on to the next question. So it's, next one is what have you fought for the hardest and she then before she's able to answer the question he basically to be fucking condescending basically says have you done push-ups in a sauna no 
Why? Because like, you know, you, you would overexert or some shit and he's basically trying to dig at her for the fact that he should stay out there in the hot tub. And he's saying shit like that. He's about overexertion and it's like, you're just, what are you overexerting? No one exerts in a hot tub. You're just sitting there. So it was the overexertion because you have to use your fucking head and say shit to her. <laughs> Condescending piece of shit. Anyway, um, she says, but um, to answer the question, probably us in this marriage. <clears throat> and he says, yeah, same. What? What? What the fuck have you tried? You haven't worked the hardest in this, in this relationship, I would think. Yeah, same. Who the fuck you fooling? <laughs> He's like, it's in one for the books. <laughs> okay. The last question. It can be sensitive. I, sorry, I can be sensitive about blank and why. And she says, I can be sensitive to everything and everyone. For him, um, it's when someone questions his character or make, um, you know, a situation bigger than it has to be. So basically, y'all, what he ended up doing in this moment is taking a dig at her again. He's basically what he just did. He basically just said, you're the problem. It's not me. Basically what he just did. I, I, I can't with, with this anymore. So she says at this point, okay, so before you keel over, um, let's just, you know, let's just go. And he's, she, he's like, you know, why are you being like that? She's like, well, I'm being dramatic because you were. I'm matching your fucking energy. Like, God. But they are done with that assignment at this point. He thought it was, um, that it was kind of interesting or whatever that she told him to suck it up. Well, yeah, because you need tough love. I'm happy she gave it to you. Seriously. Um, he wants her to be kind and caring while you treat her like piece of shit then. She needs to get out of this marriage. He's horrible. He's horrible. Um, she's like, she's tired of him being like more worried about his appearance than their actual marriage. Um, me too. And he wants her to have his back and she wants him to, you know, do the same. And he, like, they're arguing with each other at this point. He's telling her, like, she, like, he, he didn't have her back and all this. And I'm just like, and she says, I want you to do the same thing. Cause you don't, you don't have her back. Why should she have yours while you just throw her under the bus or some shit? She's not giving up, but she should. She's not giving up, but she feels they cannot um, have a proper marriage under these circumstances. So why stay with him? What is good about him? What is he giving you? Literally, in the words of Janet Jackson, honey, what has he done for you lately? Nothing. I can't. Anyways, we have rambled on about these guys for almost an hour, so let's put a close on them for now, and let's move on to the next. So we're moving on with Becca and Austin. There's not a lot here at all. Um, they seem to be perfectly fine this episode, so we are going to a studio, and she um, she works at the, it was one of the studios she works at. And we have some subjects for which they're going to do a photo shoot. And it's actually friends of his um, with their kids. So he's actually taking the pictures and she's like being all animated with the kids. And he says that he loves that she is so good with them um, because that's important to him, obviously, if they were to have children. So that goes great. Um, 
they brought a couple of fishies um, instead of kids. <laughs> and they're feeding them. And she's like, what, what are we feeding them? And it's basically shrimps. And Becca says, so they're cannibals. And he's like, carnivores? No, cannibals aren't shrimp shrimp fish. He's like, no, they're technically not fish. They're, I mean, fish do eat fish, but, um, they're, uh, uh, shellfish. I mean, technically they're carnivores moving on. So they are having dinner with his parents at a restaurant. That was actually his first job. He worked there from about 19 to 26. He did everything there except for bartending. He tells them that he took professional photos of David and his family, his friend, and he did good. She says he did really good. Her mom, we find out here, is also a historian, so that's cool. Um... Because I think, like, his mom likes history. So do I. They tell them that they got fish. You know, it's great. And his mom says, well, if they misbehave, you can just eat them. No, 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 we can't. I'm not eating the fish. Um, well, anyway, his parents seem to really like her. And, yeah, that's basically it. There wasn't a whole lot with them. Um... Because they're kind of the normal couple at this point in comparison to what we have. But um, let's move on to Claire and Cameron. Again, not a whole lot here. Um, so Dr. Pia is calling Claire to make sure with their decision with splitting, they have exhausted all options to make this work. But Claire is upset when she calls because Cameron's health is not great which we do find out in next time on, he has a heart flutter. Um, but obviously at this point we didn't know this because Claire didn't say anything to Dr. P about what was going on. Um, but she says like his health is like, what's going on with his health is affecting her greatly. She feels guilty. She feels sad about him, you know, maybe because of the stress of the separation kind of, you know, caused this to happen. And Dr. Pia says, this is not your fault. And don't blame yourself, which is very true. Do not blame yourself for this. Um, it could have just been the co- a coincidence of a lifetime that he's going through this right after the separation. You know, this has been going on and it's now being detected, you know. Um, Cameron has basically told Claire to not worry. That's the best way she can help him. Um, she also feels very confused about what role she plays with them now separating, like what role she plays in his life. And I think right now I understand her not knowing what to do. I get it, but take a step back. Yes. Worry about him. This is a big thing that he's going through, but let him tackle that. Let him heal from that. And then you guys can figure out where you guys are at. So then we do see Cam, Ren, and he tells us that he has developed a heart condition. That's all he's telling us right now. He needs a procedure done. He needs surgery done. And it needs to be done in the next couple of weeks. He says maybe the stress of the separation has pushed it over the edge. He's not trying to wait. He's not blaming her. But he's just like, maybe it's pushed it over. And he says, like, even walking to go anywhere, meet friends or something, it really puts his heart rate over the edge. He says that, like, his heart rate is goes over 100. When your heart rate should be normal heart rate, they say. I think it's like 60 and 70. Um, My normal heart rate is more like early 80s, but it really does. Like, it's a painful thing too. And not only that, 
no, I don't, I didn't have a heart flutter. My condition was different, but feeling your heart rate go up like that, you can feel it. It's uncomfortable. It's painful. You can, you can feel it. And it's just like, you know, something is wrong. Like when it happened to me going through other situation with, it was just like, I remember just saying to my mother, my heart, there's something wrong with my heart because I could feel it. And my heart rate literally sat for hours at the highest it got was 170. But usually it was kind of teetering around 150, 160. It is horrific. It's scary. And um, the best thing you can do if he is able, because for him it's a flutter, so it's very different. He, as long as he keeps himself quiet for now, he should be able to keep it fairly low. Or not low, but low high. Um, and, uh, and just take the time. I wish him all the best with that because it's, it's really sucks. That feeling, it really sucks. Um, so in the next scene, Claire is meeting with her friend, uh, Kobe with an eye. She tells her that they have separated and that he is now having health concerns. She can feel that they are very distant now at this point, which is all very fair. You just separated and she doesn't want that. And I know she doesn't want that, but it's really difficult to know where you stand in a separation. So yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Um, so she's like with the separation, um, she can reflect on things now, but it is, you know, sad and it's hard because it felt so immediate, the changes, which, yeah, the relationship, um, she would like to see for them at this point is to be supportive to each other, check on each other from time to time, basically be a friend. Um, maybe she's like, maybe this was meant to be, maybe they were meant to meet for when this happened to him he would have support from her. She does feel very bad too. The fact that he doesn't have family here. She's like, maybe my family can be some sort of support for him if that's what he wants or needs. And she's like, maybe this was how it was supposed to be. So silver lining in situations, which, um, yeah, it's great. So yeah, that's it for Claire and, and Cameron. Last but not least, our new couple, Michael and Chloe. So, so we have picked Chloe, the experts say. <laughs> they kind of, I think Dr. Pia, she's not Dr. Pia, sorry, Dr. Pepper actually says, like, she should have been the one at the altar the entire time. Damn. <laughs> she is a perfectionist, as we've kind of established, but she is trying to not control everything. To me, she seems very reserved, maybe too reserved for him. I hope maybe that will change um, because I really want him to be happy. He deserves that after all of this shit, you know. She says that she's trying to embrace not having control um, of the process. She can't have that. Anyways, then Dr. Pepper shows up all of a sudden because she's actually with her friends. I forgot to mention that. She's with her friends. Um, and Dr. Pepper, Dr. Pepper just shows up. So Dr. Pepper tells Chloe she's going to be a wife in just a couple of days. I think that was incorrect. <laughs> anyway, then we learn more about her. So she works in a nonprofit, nonprofit sector. She loves animals. She says she would rescue a raccoon if it didn't give her rabies. <laughs> she has rescued though um ten senior dogs who you know. Um 
she said she's very successful. She's done really well for herself. She had like a 4.0 GPA in school. She's had like perfect car, perfect everything. Um, but she says like, I just never really enjoy the process. Um, you know, she had to have all control in relationships that she's been in. She now tries to find the fun in all things, even if it's a dull thing. She's 39 years old, which is perfect. She's, I think, 38, I think. Um, she wants to get super old together and die notebook style. Okay. Um, no. <laughs> no. Um, she basically is kind of like, you know, you know, notebook style, it's a wrap, let's go exit stage left, I guess, I don't, I don't know, um, so Dr. Pia, um, sorry, I keep saying Dr. Pia, Dr. Pepper, um, yeah, she tells Dr. Pia that she is really independent, um, but really does want a partner, um, okay, we'll see how that goes, being independent is great, and you can still be independent when in a relationship, um, you should be, honestly, but when she says she's really independent, though, we'll see how this turns out. So she thinks it would be crazier to not do this process. All three experts say that they think the world of her future husband, which I think we all kind of do at this point, we believe that he is committed, she says, um, to this process. You think? And I'm starting at this point wondering, I'm like, does she not know? Y'all, she doesn't know. And she basically, Dr. Pepper basically says that they are choosing to not tell Chloe about the runaway bride because they feel that it could basically influence things. It could change how they interact with each other or better yet, how she interacts with him. Um, she doesn't want anything to kind of come in between them in this process. She wants them to know each other first, which I think I understand that, but I'm also thinking, okay, but is she ever going to know? Because if they are still together and she was never told, you know, she knows now I would have, I would like to know that before it gets aired, you know? So we'll see what happens. Um, now we're with Michael, and he said that he's gotten rid of all of the old gifts from the runaway bride, and I guess the crown as well. Um, and he is ready for this process to start with someone new. So now we see her going to do wedding dress shopping. God, guys, I have thoughts. I have thoughts. So what is calling to her? What kind of dress is she call that's calling to her? Um, she wants one that's made for her, just like her husband to be was probably made for her. She worries that he won't be attracted to her. I think that's a normal um, worry, I think, that everyone would have in this process. So she first tries on this god-awful pink, kind of more blush dress. Um, it has, like, for those who didn't watch, it had, like, tulle or, or flowers made out of the tulle on the dress. It, it had, or uh, it had a bow on the back which gave me Cinderella vibes because she had a big-ass bow on the back of her dress, except the bow goes up to her shoulders. It's so big and poofy. It was the ugliest thing, and she fucking loved it. She fucking loved it, y'all. But she does say, I think getting this dress would be selfish of me. It wouldn't be about us as a couple, it would be more about me if I were to pick this dress. So that's why she's not picking the dress. And I'm thinking, that's why you're not picking the dress. I'm questioning your, your 
outfit choices, your, your, your style. Because if you think that's a fucking appropriate dress in any situation, um, I have, I, I have worries. Anyways. Um, then she picks another dress, which is also not much better. It's white. I'm not saying you need to wear white. I'm not saying that, but it's white. Cool. It's a little more fitting. It's not as busy as the other dress, but the sleeves are horrible. The sleeves, I feel like if you're going to wear sleeves, they should hug your arms, not be this floppy fucking mess on your arms. The dress felt very boxy. I'm not sure if it's her or if it's the dress, but I think it's the dress. It just looked very boxy. It didn't flatter her at all. At all. (laughs) But that is the dress she's picking to wear to marry her husband. And I thought, oh, Jesus. Um, I didn't like it. Can you tell? I didn't like it at all. But that is it for married at first sight. If you liked what you heard, please rate and review the podcast on either Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Don't forget to also like, follow, subscribe to the podcast so that you don't miss a single episode. And we are on all of your favorite podcast apps, including YouTube. And we're at Reality Tea Times 2 on YouTube. If you want to connect with us, you can do so by going to either Facebook or Instagram at Reality Tea Times 2, Twitter, TikTok, and Reddit at Reality Tea Times 2 Pod. And you can email us at Reality Tea Times 2 at hotmail.com. We have our website, which is at solo.to forward slash Reality Tea Times 2. And don't forget, I have another podcast with my friend Mikkel. We're um, called Next Take Podcast, and you can listen to that by going to either YouTube, our Next Take Podcast, our website, solo.to forward slash Next Take Podcast, or um, any of your favorite podcast apps. We are there. And uh, all of the information will be in our show notes. The links to everything will be there. So that is it for now guys thanks bye